I hope that everybody had a great discussion around using health scores and, and having that data, uh, using that data to drive better outcomes. But um, what I want to be able to share in the larger group is I would like to have, um, I think whoever thinks they have probably the most unique um, you know, you, unique way they use uh, data like health scores to drive better co customer conversations. And even Claudette brought up a question about, you know, do you have follow-up programs for those, you know, those customers that are strong um, and what does that look like? So um, I'm going to call on, you know, we've only got four groups, so hopefully we can get, uh, you know, get a little bit of feedback from each of the groups, but um, I'm actually going to start in reverse order with group four, um, Alana, Christy, David, Josh, Kevin, and Vignesh. Um, if one of the uh, six of you wants to come off mute and maybe share a little bit about uh, your discussion and maybe something unique that uh, came out of, uh, came out of your breakout group. Uh, I could, I could take that. Hey, how are you, sir? I, I am well. I'm well, Jeremy. Uh, it's so good to uh, meet everyone here. Uh, this is the first time I'm jumping on to uh, GGR. So uh, it, was, it was a really interesting uh, discussion. Uh, to start with, we were talking about uh, how everyone's using data in their day-to-day -day jobs. And uh, where that gravitated and uh, got towards is uh, how do we change health scores, where are health scores getting to at the end of the day? Uh, when is it probably time to uh, hit the reset button on your health scores, right? Uh, one interesting thought that uh, came in from Josh, that came in from a uh, couple of others also was uh, the fact that the time to value, right? Uh, the time to value for a customer to realize, hey, uh, lovely, right? Uh, what your product does, what your folks have done for me, uh, it just hits it out of the park, and uh, that's a problem solved really fast. Uh, the sooner you can bring it down, the lesser duration it can uh, run to. I think uh, the customer is going to start realizing more value, and uh, that can act as a very effective measure of a customer's health. Awesome. To piggyback off of Vinesh, I just wanted to say if any of you have like Amazon Fresh or Prime and you get an order before the expected time, like I think that's the goal for time to value. Like, oh, wow, like I got this in such little time. So that's, I think, the reaction that we want to see from customers as well. So I have a question for you, Alana and Vinesh, great. Great recap. Thank you for sharing kind of what came out of your group. Uh, sounds like that, you know, that uh, first first value convert, you know, uh, qu quickest time to value, you know, seemed to come maybe come from you a lot of, I'm kind of reading between the lines a little bit. Um, are you, is there anything that you're using from a, a metric perspective that helps, uh, that you're using to help kind of gauge that, you know, the, we'll call it a health score. It's not really a health score, but gauging whether, you know, you're achieving or exceeding, you know, that first value for those customers? Yeah. So uh, I mentioned this in the group, but specific to my company and my industry, um, everyone's goal or their customer journey is pretty similar. So because I work in compliance, a really easy way to check the box if you've added value is getting customers to their compliance goals. So in that sense, it's pretty linear and, and easy to have visibility into, but Another way, um, another micro way to do that is if they specifically ask for, you know, a, a feature to be released or a product in tandem for what we're currently providing in our platform, then once we've released that into the product or we've released a new product that they asked for, then I would check that off as well. 
uh, for immediate value. I'd actually like to, to jump in here on this one because um, getting that determination of time to first value, not full value, but first value, uh, was something that we used a, a great deal in uh, the cloud story. Rather than saying, hey, you know, when you come on and we get started, it's going to take you, you know, we have to put together this project plan and work through it with you. It was more like, hey, you know what? Within 90 seconds, you can have created your account and added your first uh, AWS cloud um, account. So that way we can begin scanning. Now there's a, a dozen, you know, dozens of other things that we can do and they will add more value. But you know what? I gave you that first little, uh, like kind of like Pavlov, right? I gave you that first little treat and uh, that kind of built the, um, the momentum. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, Josh and Alana. Thank you for kind of adding some color to, you know, what you're looking at and yeah, compliance. You're, you're very sure I, you know, I work in cybersecurity and we have a lot of, a lot of customers that you need to meet compliance needs. And there's a, you know, there's a hard, fast timeline. You either meet it by this date or you don't. And it's, you know, it's very black and white. So, um, but for the, the other groups, um, you know, going around the room here, uh, group one, uh, which was, I think, Ian and John, Matt, Walter, or group two, Dan, Kevin, Tom, or group three, David, Erica, Stephanie, is there, you know, are you, do you have, are you tracking any kind of a metric similar to what, uh, you know, Alana shared around that first value and whether, you know, you're hitting that or not? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in with that one. Hey, John. Um, so we have much more of a enterprise play uh, in the company I'm, I'm working for currently provides uh, apps for commercial real estate buildings. Um, so times of value is the app is available and built in the app store and usually white labeled as branded as for the, for the building or for the landlord. Um, and, we, and we track very stringently our onboarding time, right? And our time to value of how long does it just take us to build this app and you can download it, right? So it's a pretty tangible moment, right? As a customer where I can download that first app, um, you know, and, and we have much more of an enterprise play and it's a, it's a little bit of a longer process, but for every customer, you know, we have a, we have a goal of turning that up in, in two months, right? Roughly is from, from kickoff to, to app available in app store, we're really targeting above, you know, the two, two calendar months on, on, uh, making, making that happen. And, uh, get that to them and you know uh as it relates to health to bring back the original topic you know if we go if we do it in two months we consider our customer to be green if we're in between two and four they're yellow and if we go beyond four months they're red and it's pretty pretty simple and that speaks to time to value right we know our customers are losing we'll start losing patience with us uh there are already exceptions but it's just a hard and fast rule that we've put into place, which is pretty accurate. Then when we get the NPS scores after onboarding of, if we do it in two months, we see promoters. If we are two to four, we see passives. And if we uh, go past, uh, you know, that, that four month window, um, then you know, we start to see our detractors. Yeah. I like that play. And it seems to be, you know, heavily revolving around, um, you know that uh, we'll call it the on, you know that onboarding time frame, right? You've got to 
target a, you know, most customers, you're using your service, they want to get an app launched. And so that's, you know, that getting that app launched is what's going to cost that, that value. It's, um, I throw this out kind of a follow-up to John too, is, is anybody using, um, does anybody use, you know, more, we'll call it more incremental or smaller milestones in that, you know, in that first time to value um, around, you know, maybe it's not getting the app launch. Maybe that is the goal, but maybe there's something smaller um, that, you know, really hits critical uh, that would actually, you know, push that needle from, you know, making somebody a passive to a promoter. Uh, Daniel uh, Chapik, I saw your come off mute. I don't know if there's something yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, so, so we're, we're in a bit of more of a unique boat. Our, our typical client uh, timeline, our client relationship is, is measured in decades. Um, we're working with a client for a very long time um, in the design and engineering space. And, and the software that they're using is a business requirement. If they want to design that bridge, design that building, um, they have to use this design software to do that. So our, our time to value is, is much more, on the engagement standpoint, making sure that they're supported and that they're on the, the latest and greatest. So those increments um, that you're that you're asking about, Jeremy, um, are are very much you know smaller increments of are you on the latest version or are you three versions back? Um, what would upgrading do for you know your your IT staff? What new features would you like to see developed? You know that type of thing. So they're much much smaller incremental time to value um, in the long term relationship with the client. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Daniel, then um, you, you bring up a good point, right? Where you've got lo- you know longer on, we'll call it onboarding period, but longer time to that initial value. How um, so? How do you track? Uh, it, you know, is it versions behind? Is that the big metric for you as to making sure that you know whether somebody's a green versus a red, um, or are there other things that you look at that you know kind of play into the factor of you know looking at a customer's you know quote unquote health score. Sure. So, so, I mean, to be fair, we're, we're in our infancy with this. So we're, we're not nearly as developed as I want to be, but traditionally what we're looking at is that engagement level. As long as the client is working with us on a consistent basis, then they're making progress. So, so we're looking at capabilities that they have, um, you know, from not necessarily features and functions in a software, but a combination of a number of softwares to be able to get to the outcomes that they want to achieve per their project type and their industry that they're working in. Um, so I, I guess to, to answer the question, it's, it's, it's much more engagement wise where we're consistently moving them forward toward their outcomes. Yeah. Great. I appreciate John and Daniel. I do appreciate both, you know, both the, uh, you know, very short to, you know, very long. I like that being able to kind of see, you know, tie it one to the other, you know, engagement versus onboarding um, and, and how you look at this thing. So again, I appreciate you both um, sharing your feedback on that. Um, I want to turn it over to maybe group two, Dan, Kevin, and Tom. Um, I, I see that. I think I still see the three of you out there. Um, what did, what kind of came out of your group discussion well, some of the things that came up was that we were granted your mileage may vary on this uh, on this topic, but we felt that um, the health score was more of a unicorn um, that we were seeing from anywhere between startups all the way up to mature SaaS companies that health scores uh, can be potentially few and far between. 
Um, and if there is one, it may be generic and not specific to the company. Um, but we did ha- uh, manage to have a great discussion uh, with Dan, who uh, with, with Monday.com does have a health score uh, and was the only one of the six of us that had a health score that they were using. Uh, some of the great things that came out of it was uh, our conversations about proofing uh, your your customer health score and actually showing that it is accurate to determine just how healthy a customer is uh, and uh, doing so by not necessarily sharing the customer health score with the customer, but uh, sharing the details or, or the metrics that go into that health score and determining if that's accurate. Um, if the usage levels uh, really dictate the amount of uh a positive sentiment that they have uh, within the service or product, or if uh, the usage levels, even though they're low, are still consistent with what they they perceive that they were buying. Uh, so we, we thought that uh, proofing the uh, customer health score was going to be a, a lot of value down the road. Hmm. Dan, I see you came off mute. I was going to call on you to you know maybe expand a little bit on how use that. So Kevin, thank you for the summary. I think that's, uh, you know, I heard that it actually came up a couple of times as I was, as people were kind of jumping in late um, around, you know, what if my company doesn't use a health score? I think that's also a really valid question to ask. So then what are you, you know, what are the metrics or what are the things you are looking at to determine whether account is quote unquote, you know, green or healthy versus an account that's, you know, red. Um, So Dan, I don't know if you want to share maybe a little bit of your journey and, and how you're mapping out a health score and um, maybe some recommendations for, you know, for companies who may not have a health score, maybe things that, you know, they can look at. Absolutely. Um, so to just to close the loop first on the part that um, that Kevin had mentioned, I think that, you know, one of the big pieces for us that's, um, that's really vital is getting the customer sentiment before showing the data that makes up the health score because we don't want to lead the conversation in that sense. We don't want to, to color that way. Yes, we'll use data to validate and back up and you know make the case for whatever story we're telling, but we want to make sure that when we're asking their sentiment and validating that, that we get that kind of pre them seeing data and us saying, wow, look how great the utilization is in this area because then they, you know, it makes it harder for them to be honest if they're like, look, we're just not feeling how things are going right now. Um, so that's a, a big part of that is the is the ordering on that presenting. Um, as far as how we approach doing the health score, we try to count, you know, account for both depth and breadth of usage, um, as well as just kind of general engagement. So it's, you know, it's everything from weekly active users to number of events per user to, um, uh, how many days a week users are going in, their capacity, like how much are they using of their seats versus they've purchased, things like that. Just kind of so trying to capture a, a holistic picture of the of the health of the account um, using all of those different metrics. Um, and as far as for companies that don't have that yet and ways to, <clears throat> excuse me, think about that in the meantime, um, one of the things that we we always have said a lot internally, especially is the, and I know others say this a lot, but the idea that perfect is the enemy of good. Um, so start with what you do have. Like if you don't have access to a you know, fully built out business intelligence tools and able to map all of that, take what metrics you do have. Like what are those that you can have and look at? And then 
using something that I think Kevin touched on in our in our breakout room that was super important was validating the model that you're going to use to to see how healthy customers are by looking at and saying, okay, if in the example he gave, which I thought was really helpful, if you come up with a model for ranking the health of accounts, and according to your model, there's certain accounts that are really healthy, but a lot of those accounts are leaving, you probably need to rework that because it's not actually measuring the real health of your accounts. Um, so the idea of starting with what you have, not letting the ideal get in the way of starting somewhere um, and using whatever tools you have to validate what your assumptions are. Um, chase some of those down and that can be a good starting point. Like I know that we don't ever want to just use assumptions, but start with what are the assumptions that you're already making and start with validating what you can with what data you do have. So if your thought is, look, this feature is our North Star one. We know that this is the one that we feel is the most sticky. Well, then you can start with validating even that, ranking customers even just on how they're using what you think is your sticky feature. And then you'll either learn you were right about that or, oh my goodness, no, we were totally wrong. This is a neat feature, but not, but it is not the sticky, you know, churn buster that we thought it was. And so um, starting with your assumptions so that you can validate them is helpful. Don't let the assumptions be the be all end all, but start with those and then use whatever you have and then iterate from there. Yeah, Dan, I think you hit and great summary, by the way. And I, I think you, you hit on a couple things that, you know, I'm looking around the room. I think that we're kind of touched on a couple things earlier, right? Is, um, you know, John talked about onboarding time, right? That's a, you know, a very easy metric that, you know, that you can follow, whether it's your CSM doing, whether you have an implementation team that's, you know, project manager, but, you know, you can track that in as simple as an Excel, hey, customer started on date X and finished at date Y. And, you know, and then kind of looking at, you know, getting their, that customer feedback, whether through MPS or something else. Um, you know, Daniel talked about, you know, what, yeah, and you touched on that too, Dan, right? What's the engagement within that look like? And, um, you know, how do you drive, you know, are, are they, you know, interacting with our tools, our software? Are they, you know, are they, you know, responding to things? Or are they not? Um, and that's also, you know, and that's another thing that, you know, I've noticed over, you know, my CSM career is just because somebody doesn't respond to an email doesn't mean that they're not engaged. And so being able to, you know, find other ways to look at, you know, how does that prefer, how does that person prefer to communicate, you know, are they, you know, maybe they are just a power user and they only want to talk to you when there's some some technical stuff or product feedback. Um, uh, and maybe it's a, you know, completely different cadence versus an executive may not respond to an email because, you know, they would rather, you know, take 15 minutes and talk to you in person. So, uh, you know, I think you, you, uh, you provide a really good, you know, overview as to that. And, you know, I think for, for those of you that I know brought it up and I don't remember all the, all the people on the call that, that said it as you're coming in, but, you know, think about that. Can, you know, can you look at utilization? Can you look at onboarding time? Can you look at, uh, you know, even, I, you know, I, I don't typically default to support cases, but, you know, you could even look at, you know, things like support tickets as a, you know, as a, as a starting place, if you don't know where to go, just look at, Hey, what's their volume of tickets and you know, stack rent like, Oh, Hey, this customer is way up here. And, you know, we know that their use case is very small. So, you know, they're, they're kind of over ballooning it. So, um, right. Exactly. Dan. everything is data. So, um, you know, just a couple ideas and Dan, I appreciate you, you know, you sharing from that regard. Um, the one question that I do, uh, you know, I see Claudette still on the phone. I think this ties in to, um, Dan, what you're saying about, you know, using that is Claudette brought up a question before everybody came back around, um, 
you know, what, you know, what's a proactive approach as you talk about health scores, when you look at a customer who's really good, like has a really good program, you kind of, you know, they're, they're hundred out of hundred, they're 90 out of hundred. They're really at that, that top echelon. Um, do you use that data to, you know, drive pro- proactive programs and engagement with that customer? Um, you know, whether it's in getting them invited into, you know, special projects that you're, you know, special releases, um, that sort of thing. Is anybody, you know, looking at it from a, the health score from that lens of how can we take our good customers and, and you know, um, the ones that are at the top of the line and make sure that they don't ever, you know, slide down that, you know, slide down that bar. Um, I don't know if anybody is doing anything like that within their program, say, not even necessarily health score, but uh, I would love, um, I think that would help Claudette as she kind of thinks through that as well in, a, in identifying that. Yeah, so I, um, it, it ties in with the health score since we're only looking at engagement so far, but we've formed a customer council um, from our top customers. Um, they, they'll they derive um, or they will drive our activities as far as, as we're developing our maturity and customer success. They're, they're driving how we do that, what they want to see, um, what they want from us to make sure that we are engaging in the right stuff. Um, and if they are already you know, net promoters, right? If, they, if they're already doing success stories with us and stuff like that, we'll have them guest speak to other clients, um, not about us, but just about industry in general, um, and, and really put them on a pedestal and showcase their expertise as users of the product, um, which they get marketing, you know, bumps out of, um, and, and, you know, we're coordinating, uh, industry thought leadership. Um, so overall it just continues to grow that, uh, that relationship that we have with them over time. Awesome. Well, thank you, Daniel. I appreciate it. Thank you for sharing. Uh, with the last couple of minutes here, David, Erica, Stephanie, uh, uh, Dibali, was there any uh, anything in addition to what we've discussed that came out of your your group before uh, we moved to wrap? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for uh, asking this. So I'll start with thanking Vignesh, actually. Here we may be discussing this today, but I discussed this topic with Vignesh around two weeks back when we were talking about the metrics and the health scores and how to measure it and all. We are not doing it currently in our organization, but after listening to all the thoughts here and after specifically listening to the measures, which the, the data which we are actually measuring or making use for making the health scores, uh, I have a question that does this actually help us to understand the churn or to, or to uh, I mean, predict the churn? Because I just, uh, three or four weeks back, I lost one customer. That, uh, I, I faced my first churn and this client was very active on the platform. Uh, um, they were having, uh, I mean, uh, I think 90% or even more of that as a usage in the data if we measure not even recognize they are going to leave us so is health score actually making uh, i mean is, is the prediction uh, based on the health score actually correct to measure or it, it's, it's it just depends i mean that's that's what i wanted to talk about hey john so I'll, I'll i'll jump in on this one i think early stage when you're building it too um it's more about churn prevention than it is about forecasting your churn rate, right? And I wanna separate the two of those of, the, the health score can serve as an early warning system, right? If it's if it's right and if it's tuned, then you're gonna find out about those things that might cause a customer to churn earlier 
and be able to to tackle them right and then over time that will show in your churn rates but when you're first going it's about having that early warning system and i think that's that might even be a controversial statement here but uh the fact of the matter is until you have the health score running for a period of time and have data to back it up against right you can't go in on day one and say this is a predictor of churn it's iterative right? You're going to fine tune your health score. You're going to make it better over time and you'll figure out what is an accurate representation. But in the early stages, it's more about being that early warning system, right? It's about not having surprises. And then if that leads to, you know, less churn in in the short term, then you're on the right path, right? If you are still seeing churn, then you, you might have the wrong warning indicators, Right. And that's that's iteration from there. So I think that's my, my only piece of guidance on that is don't go into this day one managing expectations with your executives that this is going to predict churn. It's not. Okay. It's going to develop an early, early warning system. Uh, and 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 hopefully it does that well for you. And if it's not doing that well, iterate, throw it out, start over again. Right. And, and work on the next one. So, I, I agree, John. I th- only I'd add, and then Kevin, I'll go to you as for kind of closing closing comments on this. Is um, for us, we actually wait. We actually do a heavy weight on the relationship piece of it. We give the CSM, you know, the highest, largest amount of that health score bucket, right? If, if the CSMs, you know, says, you know, all the utilization is green, everything looks great, but you know, we the CSMs gut saying, I, I don't like what's going on here. You know, even things things are great that overrides the whole score. It doesn't matter. You can be perfect utilization, um, but, you know, we give the CSM who's closest to the account that authority to, to override that. So, you know, another thing to keep in mind, even if you don't have a health score is, um, you know, get, you know, empower, and, you know, as a CSM be empowered, or, you know, if you're a leader on the call, empower your CSMs to have that level of authority um, and to be able to communicate that up. So um, Kevin, real quick here, um, and Vignesh, I'm, I'm really sorry. We're going to run out of time here, but Kevin, if you don't mind um, sharing maybe a quick thought and then we're going to have yep. to wrap up. Well, I love what, what John said about being it being an early warning uh, system there, because it, it's very important not to use a customer health score as a churn analysis, because uh, uh, there are a lot of external factors that we're still not uh, considering within a health score. Uh, for example, back in my previous company, uh, we had a lot of customers that left be- not because of uh, any usage. They they had positive sentiments on the company and the product, but they had personal relationships uh, in the executive level with uh, a prime competitor that we had, and we were losing customers based on that relationship. That was not something that we could have been able to measure um, unless we were able to actually get in the minds and read them of our own customers and understand who's in their address book, who's talking to them all the time. Uh, And that became a major factor for how we uh, needed to retain customers is that we needed to start to build those uh, relationships with the executive leadership, not just the CSM to the executive leadership, but our own executive leadership to that executive leader. Uh, So those are things that we can't monitor or or can't really measure within a health score. So that's why it's still important to do a a churn analysis uh, to really see where all of your churn is coming from. 
and not relying on your CHS to make that determination for you. Yeah, that's awesome. No, I appreciate that, Kevin. So I think that's spot on. So uh, good instead of it in myself. So team, we're right at time here. So I want to be respectful, make sure we get you onto your, your next activities for today. Thank you for, for joining. You're going to get a survey. Please fill that out. If you get any you know, topics and suggestions as we get towards the end of the summer for stuff that you'd like to see, let us know. Starting next week for the month of July, we're going to be doing an uh, office series around uh, customer engagement and various topics. So be on the lookout. I'll, I'll be posting some stuff on LinkedIn here later this week on that. But uh, with that, uh, y'all have a great rest of your Tuesday. Look forward to seeing y'all next week. Hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.